0: I don't. I don't poop after I drink coffee. Well, then something's fucking wrong with you. You just got one broken up. Turf. That's why.
1: That's why I don't get it. people say, "Oh, I got poop after I drink coffee." or pre-workout. I that doesn't happen to me.
2: <laughs> you don't... don't poop at all. What do you just got no. <laughs> <mean>? <laughs>
1: I poop in the morning. <laughs> hey, that's my biological clock. That's it. <laughs> I train to be poop at that time.
2: Okay, you uh, I, uh, you're, you're I, telling I... me you think it's normal. You wake up, you have one poop, and then a half hour later you poop again, and you never poop again. Yeah. You think that's normal. To me, for me. What do you mean? This is a unique specimen we have here, <laughs> Mark- Marker. What do you mean? All right, so today's episode, we're gonna be talking about <laughs> stool <laughs> regularity.
1: How many times did you to poop today, bitch?
2: At least twice. Twice. Oh, I, I up twice in the morning, dude. The fucking half hour apart it is oh, one. God. It was one long poop. <laughs> they got broke up.
0: What? That was not. No, that's no. Not two poops. I have a poop schedule of a seventy-five. Human. <laughs>
2: Hey, <laughs> I'm I, I, I enough. I don't enough fiber, Because I don't know. Because anus is still waking up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's get Robert in here and ask him you, what's your experience around bowel movements.
2: How we're gonna move this My from, he- from here from here to any regular conversation? I don't know. Just gonna... scrapping with the first topic of mine. Just so you know,
0: we're recording. <laughs> oh gosh. <guys. laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, All
1: right. Uh. are we recording? Yeah. Oh, shit.
2: <laughs> and we're live. Max, how many times do you poop? <laughs> okay. Okay. In the, in the morning? In the morning? The 30 minutes apart? <laughs>
1: <laughs> how the fuck? Hey, man. Like so
0: no, I want to know. I want to know. How, how long do you guys sit in the toilet for? We got to take a shit. Uh... You bitch, I would give you a far from a scale of like for like a couple minutes to like, oh my feet are going numb.
2: Oh no. Well no, like no. how long do you how long do you have to be there versus how long are you there? Is that a standard?
0: Because those are could be two different numbers. This is the fine line of things. Like it, this is this is, is small standard? print. Is that I I I don't know that there's a standard. Mine comes out We super- thought there were and then you started
2: talking well, about Mike Mine YouTube comes out real computers. quick. Mine comes yeah. out real quick. Yeah, yeah. boom, done. done. I might still sit there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> i need some time. Some time. Yeah.
1: No cleaning takes longer for me than actual. Actual.
2: Okay, we're finding out a lot about long stools. I think uh, we can move on.
1: What <laughs> the fuck going on? <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap right, it up. Wrap right, right
2: right. up. Um, <laughs> so yeah, today I wanted to talk about like, what do you like? So I guess there's a number of ways that we can go about this, but what do you find most commonly when you're getting clients into the gym? Like, what are miscon- misconceptions? What are things that you're working with them on early. Uh, maybe it's like in terms of movement, um, just like the beginner experience as a whole kind of packaged in, we can go down any one rabbit hole, but, uh, if we find one more interesting, we can dive into that. But just when you're getting somebody in, maybe you long, uh, what do you find that they're like, Oh, like that's a lot of protein. I didn't know you're supposed to eat that much protein or, uh, they're, they're doing an exercise and they're like, oh, I didn't realize my core was involved so much in this. Or like, what do you find pretty early on when you're dealing with your clients? Um, Or most beneficial for them, like to focus on?
1: I feel like, um, because we do the functional movement screening uh, for our clients. So this is not just my clients, but um, I have talked to, I've seen a lot of people observing people at Racely Fit as well and um people just tend to disregard that disregard their um structures and just like in what way
2: um a lot of for, people aren't going to know what that yeah means
1: yeah, yeah yeah for example if we are talking about hip rotation like internal external rotation
2: um this is how much your hip that,
1: how much and yeah how, how much, much your hip out. rotate in and out um so internal rotation is how um if you have the adequate amount of internal, hip internal rotation, you can, um, is, it takes that how you exert force, right? Yep. So a lot of people um, try to overlook that and and also...
2: Do you think they're intentionally trying to overlook that or they just don't they, realize they, it's happening?
1: Um, I feel like it's...
2: You're it's finding that not, people are... They're
1: not knowing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they don't know about... It's like when they go to the gym. Because going to the rancy fit is like powerlifting gym, quote-unquote. Yeah. And people like go in there, just watch a squat, deadlift, yeah. bench. And um, even though they don't have the necessary skill to do that.
2: Yeah, at least uh, with the movement pairing that they barbell yes. back squat, yes. right? Yes, 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 yes. A lot of them are going straight to the barbell back yes. squat.
1: Yeah, back squat. Yeah. Um, even though they don't have the stability uh, needed to be able to do that. So a lot of that, um, also, you brought up the, the, um, the too much protein because mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of clients and help them figure out their maintenance calories.
2: Yeah,
1: like oh, that's that's a shit lot of shit ton of food, right? Like, yeah, it is, and a lot of people don't like doing that because they see after they they they, they run their maintenance calories, it's like oh man, I've been gaining weight. Like, but you gotta keep going because we need to figure out that baseline.
2: Were they, were they dropping were they dropping before? Were they perpetually just dropping weight? Or what happened when you gave them their maintenance calories? Uh,
1: most people in, initially will gain a little bit of weight. Because I don't think before they, they
2: were you they Were you adjusting their carbs too? Huh? Were you adjusting their carbs too?
1: In terms of what they've been yeah. eating before? Yeah. I don't think they know what they've been eating yeah. before. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: So... That's kind of hard.
0: Yeah. What about you, Tris? Uh, if, if none of them have any idea of how much they're eating, then like, I kind of just leave it a blank slate. Like, I don't really tell them initially how much they should be eating. Cause yeah. I, I wanted to see what their habits are too. Right. And so we'll, if we do a two week protocol and we'll look for a trend yep. after about 14 days, yep. then we'll just see. And, and maybe at the time, then we have to, um, address like, okay, we do need more protein, we need more carbs. Um when you drop fats, whatever. I think during that time too, it's great because, especially if they've never done nutrition coaching before, that you can start exposing them to certain topics. Things that kind of condition them, kind of building, um, what's the word? I'm thinking of the skill acquisition. Um, what's, that first, what's the first word I'm looking for? Skull. Yeah, so basically just kind of building the thought process around certain topics. Things that either um, are noticeable in conversation with them or things they may have indicated during their assessment or their right. coaching application and so that's kind of how I've feed it into it right um and then go from there that's kind of how I, I approach nutrition too is like oftentimes
2: I don't go all right we here's we put you through the calculator and yeah. here's where you should be I'm like first two weeks let's kind of maybe just track where you're what you're doing currently yeah and even if that's a bit erratic like they're like tracking what they think they're doing and that can just that alone can help us spur decision making. Cause they're like, oh, like they only ate carbs and maybe they have a drop in energy at certain times of the day. And it's like, what would happen if we sustain blood sugar levels for a little bit longer, get a little bit more protein in your diet. So it's like, so instead of being like, all right, let's focus on these numbers. It's more like, what can we do that are positive dietary adjustments that would net give us the result that we're looking for? Cause mm-hmm. higher protein, higher thermic effect of food, they're probably going to be fuller. So instead of just being, like, numbers, here, go. Like, I'm more of the thought of, like, let's see what you're doing and then adjust. Yeah. Or um, let's say you did give them the number mm. and that we did see the trend up and it was because maybe initially it's, like, it goes up because they're eating more carbs so they're pulling yeah. more water. Mm-hmm. And then, like, but if it just continued to trend up, I'd be, <laughs> like, well, it's not maintenance even though it's supposed to be. Yeah. And this is just, like, maybe it's, like, they're a little less active than reporting, like they were reporting. So it's like bring yeah. that back down so that they can come back down. But yeah, um, in terms of like misconceptions surrounding
0: movement or um, things that you felt like people needed, what do you, what have you found? Um, Either center of mass is off yep. uh, most of the time. It's like 95% of the time. They yep. just don't know how to control the center of mass. Uh, they, and then how, they- how would you try to explain that to somebody who doesn't know? So think of center of mass as if you're standing upright and your ability to lean as far forward as possible without your heels coming off or leaning back as far as possible without your toes coming off. That is a control of your center of mass. Now, as we start to squat down, for example, we will start to center of mass will go forward. And so we with the unit, you control like, okay, how much pressure can we get throughout the entire foot, especially in the heel, if that seems to be the sticking point for them. Uh, elevating their heels to helps them bring the center mass back or loading them in something in front of them to help push their center mass back. Right. Yeah. Um, it's probably the best way I can explain it. Yeah. Right.
1: And there's, I mean... Uh, also, you, you, you can sense the... You can see a lot on the street too. It was like uh, sticking out like tech neck. Um, tech neck. Yeah, tech neck. And then duck feet and can delay a knee extension. Yeah. That's like that kind of walk right there is like they try not to fall. Yeah. So that those like... Um, I feel like those. That's the that's the pattern that I I I I, to, I can identify
2: the the person who's a uh, weakly ended. So he's acting uh, upon. So when when Long says uh, an inability to delay knee extension, what he's saying is, when somebody hits the ground, they're hitting the ground with a straight leg yes. instead of a bent knee. Yeah. So, um, that basically means that they're they're not getting full internal hip rotation. They're uh, externally rotated and then they're just landing early um just because the other leg didn't go far enough back so they had to stop yeah um and so i would also to kind of extrapolate like on the center of mass center of mass perfect with the toes like i, I feel the same way also like it's dynamic right it's not just like oh when i'm standing it's how are they going through the movement to try to control that so like as somebody's they're trying to control their center of mass it's the strategies that they use to control their center of mass so they don't fall over man. right so like some some somebody will come down and um i liken it to like if you're coming down into a squat and you feel like you're being pushed over a cliff that's an yep. inability to control your center of mass so like if the rib cage is coming up the pelvis is going forward so your back is kind of arching and then you're finding that you're like on your toes a bit more yeah so yeah it's like dynamically being able to control that that foot pressure yep. but
0: while keeping a neutral rib cage and a neutral pelvis so yeah so like uh good example is and this is you don't expect it it's in an assessment but like when i first worked with jen and she talks about this all the time is first time I ever had to do assessment i had her squat just show me by the squat her ability to her inability to control the center of mass when she squatted down she fell over she fell back yeah, yeah. just on her butt we're on turf she's cool but yeah that was a good that was a Biggest indicator of like, okay, we need to work on. Like, position. she just bent straight over. Uh, no, Hips went back, or no? Uh, yes, yes, the hip joint moved first. Yeah. Uh, and she got down to what was a decent, kind of a hip, you know, a, a squat position. But she's so she far back on her heels, or yeah, she okay. just on her butt. Yeah, that
2: was it. Go yeah. back up. And
1: that that point is like it. It saddens me that I see a lot of coaches nowadays that they don't do that kind of assessment. Yeah. And and when there's person who's weaker than the gravity acting on oh, them, <laughs> <laughs> like they 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 just prescribe squatting. That's just like what do you think is the better that's
2: strategy? That's that's
1: like, like keep, tell you to squat and kick you in the back like a yeah, yeah. times. <laughs> yeah.
2: What should people what should those coaches do instead?
1: Um. Well, for starter, not back squatting. <laughs> for starter, not back squatting. Um. But. Uh, we could do like a counterbalance squat, right? Because now the low is like in front, mm-hmm. so it could help them more aware of their where they are in space. Yeah, where I stay yes. more, up yes. right. stay more up upright. Yep, right yep, yep. And then go back a little bit.
2: And um, so what? Some somebody might see that and be like, "Well, my legs aren't tired. My shoulders are tired, or yeah. my core is tired instead." Um.
1: Well, I say that most of that most of that movement are skill-based right so when it comes to skill base it's more about practice than output then i can i can have you do like counterbalance and um they probably not gonna um have much fatigue yeah but then i can put you on like a leg press right now
2: so you're I'll pairing be, those two
1: pairing th- those two now you have more st- uh, external stability from the leg press. Yep. Now it's the, the loadability is like higher.
2: Right. And at some yeah. point you'll marry those two. It's not that your squat is taking a hit, like just yeah. some people look at it as like, the longer the barbell is off my back, the lower my back squat's going to be. Yeah. Instead of being like, okay, I'm building the skill of squatting. Yeah. And on this back end, I'm just loading the fuck out of the leg press yeah, so that I can build the strongest legs possible from like a mass standpoint. And then you marry that with the skill later on and you see like, okay, now like the weight on their squat just starts shooting up. So like yeah. Yeah. their ability to counterbalance to goblet to front squat to SSB to high bar to low bar is way faster than somebody who's just sitting struggling yeah. doing all the weird things on back squats. And like you probably went through so much pain trying to figure it out because like <laughs> they're like, Oh, my hip pinches when I get to a certain depth. Like, cause like somebody calls them out for depth, and then they're like trying to get lower. And they're like, oh, my hip pinches, and now my knee hurts, and now mm-hmm. my elbow, or like all this stuff. Cause there's like a lot of there's a lot of component strength, and so when I say component strength, there's things other than the large target muscle group yes. that will break down yes. before the actual muscle group that we're attempting to grow. So, like, somebody might be like, squats are great for your, you know. Quads, glutes, hamstrings, um, but it's like you've got other things going on there that are likely to break down. Like, okay, well, how how well can you maintain external rotation? It's
1: all a skill to even get there,
2: right. right? So your quads and glutes work for sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. And like, where are you? Where are you breaking? Oh, okay, you're breaking down through your your core more so, so that we're getting more compensatory strategies mm. through the spine, so we're at more loading um, our We're relying on our structure, and in this case, our structure being our spine. Um, You're relying more on that compression from the spine itself to help maintain that position instead of the muscles that would keep that intact and safe to apply loads to your quads, to your adductors, to your glutes, um, and actually get the most out of it. So it's like early on what we're trying to do with the, the squat and the counterbalances and the goblets is getting them to squat properly so they can put load on the appropriate tissue yeah and then they're not likely to mess that up on a leg press so right. we can just
0: put you on a leg press yeah. and then do that yeah also reducing your your the injury risk you have injury risk management dialed into res right. you just rely on structure and that conversation, and you're human beings when yeah. you good at compensating at things right, right. yeah you're going to give out at some point yeah someone's some going to give
1: because in the in 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 the beginning those kind of skill movements, yeah i don't want you to go nowhere near the proximity. Proximity of failure, so you won't be able to get much
2: output from those kind of skill movement. That's yeah. what we want. Now, we in, want now, in, now in English, for those who aren't coaches.
0: Um, we...
1: Basically don't want you to, like, to see any technique breakdown.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: any form breakdown. Okay. Um, that's why we we pair it with some more of a... Um, Exercise that you, like machine, feel, yeah, if machine. What so so those kind of modalities where you can uh, feel feel more comfortable and and have a better chance to get more output. Out
2: and and the reason that those ones are safer to do because like from the outside looking in, they're both leg exercises, yeah. right? Um, when you look at the leg press, it's like okay, well, you've got something that is on your back when you're like leg pressing. It's the pad. So now you're back is stable and you don't necessarily require more of those intrinsic like deep spine um to like help facilitate that movement or your core or your, uh, lats. Your, your lats yeah your pelt your pelvis is also up against the seat um this would probably be indicative of how well you're moving is like in that leg press if your butt is popping off the seat yeah. that's probably a sign that you need to pull yourself down to the seat a little bit more And actually making sure, again, because it's not like, it's not a given that you're going to perform the leg press properly. Yeah. It's just more likely. And so if, if we're not leg pressing properly with certain amounts of load, what do you think is happening when you're free in space? Yeah. Under a bar. Oh, yeah. And that bar doesn't, that bar doesn't care how it gets to the floor. Yeah. It just wants to get to the floor. You're the only thing keeping the bar from going to the floor. So it's like, you need to be doing that efficiently and properly so that you don't put the load onto passive structures
0: yeah and i think it's good to to note say that for those that are in a leg press or under a bar two things are going to happen that indicate you're doing something well in a set for in terms of fatigue is either a your foam's going to break down maybe somewhere like a little bit right um and or your tempo's going to slow down because your ability to produce force is going to be um impaired yep so now if you if you keep poking the bear and that breakdown form is going to result in like an injury then that's clearly a whole different conversation we need to have like, right um for those that are like building a skill and they feel like they have a good indication of it all right how can we then take you to where you need to go with that new yeah. established movement yeah i wouldn't necessarily
2: say that um from what we know we couldn't say that there's a reliable position that would cause you to Um, experience an injury Um, we don't know we don't know what that position is if that exists Um, what we do know is that if we are putting something if something is getting quote-unquote overuse like a tendonitis or something like that um, this could just be mis, like misuse of how the tension is being applied to the muscle and we want to make sure that the tension is being applied to the muscle and not to joint structures Um, so um, what we do know though is um as you start to add more load to the bar in like a back squat or some like any exercise somebody might compensate in a new way like a lot of people for squatting if they go too heavy they just stop high right yeah whereas if um like somebody's still trying to get to depth and they try to do something weird to get out of the bottom they do something yeah they do something weird or new what we do know about injuries is that it's Um, it's, um, our, it's the load versus our load bearing capacity. So if the force applied is greater than the tissue's tolerance, right? Yeah. So if somebody does go down in a squat with new load and exposes their body to a new position (laughs) that wasn't trained to handle that load, maybe everything else was fine, but then you're like, there goes my back or something. Yeah that's more likely what happened. And it wasn't like, oh, it wasn't the heavy weight. It was, or the, it wasn't necessarily the thing they did in the squat. It was that that position was untrained under load. And I'm not saying that that position should be trained under load. Yeah. But it's just far more likely to cause an injury than like, so like learning how to do something Mm -hmm. properly and getting that almost machine-like in your body, that's the goal is like to get the repeatability so that we know that, okay, like, Reliably, this tissue is good to go. Yeah. Uh, to a certain, to a certain standpoint, so that we're not like all of a sudden exceeding its load
0: bearing capacity. Yeah. So it's like, and things move. You know, walking sometimes, getting out of a squat, new low or not. And correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes what we see is as somebody's getting out of a deep squat, maybe their knees will come in like a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's also an indication of like internal rotation and, and they're producing good. force. Yep. Yeah. Right. So it's not bad. It's just. Yeah that's how that person's going to compensate. Yep. Doesn't mean that it pushes them to a limit that they can't control anymore and it yep. gives out, but yeah, we do. Yeah, I would say the only time that that might be potentially problematic if
2: it's like dropping in inside the width of your pelvis or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um so like yeah, your adductor is it when you're in when you're in deep uh hip flexion is going to assist in that extension Actually. of the leg. So, extension meaning like it bringing that leg back to that standing position. So if your knee is up at your chest and you're just standing to have that leg go back, it's working back in space. That is hip extension. So I know there's a lot of fancy words here because we got a lot of smart guys here, but we'll try to bring it back for you. Um, Trying to stay on earth. <laughs> Max is like, I'm, I'm following If yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. All right, guys. Um, yeah, so... Um, so center of mass, um, you, uh, you mentioned uh, hip internal rotation. That's like the biggest one. Um, where, when, where would you say your clients seem most surprised? So like you were like, you guys were like, those were your two big things that you see the most, where do you feel like your clients are most surprised by like, oh, this looked like it would be easy, but it's hard. Or like, oh, like this now, now I feel something I didn't feel before.
1: Yo, it's the list squat for me. Mm.
2: <laughs> what do you think it is?
1: Uh, because it does look easy. Yeah. But I the I, I think almost all my clients hate that
2: shit. Hate it. Yeah, everybody hates.
1: hey everybody hates split squat. Yeah. But I always tell is like it's like um
2: the broccoli in your diet. I think I even think about like the split squat over the walking lunge like we do a split squat assessment right yeah, yeah and so the difference the difference being like a split squat is like you're standing in a lunge position or like yeah. one leg in front of the other in yeah. like a large a long stride yeah Um stationary yes yeah, but you're like just going up and down in that position yes i feel like a walking lunge is almost it feels easier to compensate like it feels like yeah. you like even though you wiggle and you're all over the place you can still kind of catch yourself so it doesn't yeah. look like you did it wrong versus when we're like feet are stationary you go up and down and you're like all over the place you literally feel like what the fuck is going on you're on a capsizing ship or something yeah but like that i think that's what's most jarring about it because i think some people will be like oh walking lunge and they're like oh I, I used to do lunches and crossfit all the time and they go do their lunge and they're like you all over the place yeah. yeah you're like trying to keep them from hitting the walls and knocking your shelves down because walking lunge is like most people can use the back leg to propel
1: themselves
0: up. Yeah. The moment they break yeah. down, they just move the next foot. Yeah.
1: Or that back we go into. And it like lands hard. Yeah. Right. Like. Back we go to extension to compensate for that. Yeah.
0: Which, yeah. The which- way to slow it down, I guess, is like if you, if you go into a walking lunge, you could stop at a tall, like kind sprinter. of sprinter position yeah, yeah. and then go to the next one to slow that down. Yeah. The whole goal, like, so. The whole goal with that walking
2: lunge is to actually be able to do that with a quiet, soft landing. Yeah, the reason you are slamming that foot into the ground is so that you can get sense of where your body is in space, and so you're just trying to get a large amount of feedback, like, "Whoop, here I am." Next leg, yeah, like, so. And dude, like, I've I i do not know how how much video you guys have done of yourself in the past, but like, I go look at old videos of me exercising, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, just the way, like, I was like. I might have thought it was like a controlled rep or whatever I thought was going on there had a bunch of weight in my hands and then like I'm watching this guy go and it's like none of these were going like this way that way this way it wasn't going exactly how I thought it was or I was going twice three times the speed I thought I was when it's like oh you want to see what actual control and actual strength looks like it's like being able to exert your will on that weight instead of it controlling how fast you're wanting to do it.
1: Yeah. I think that's 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 a that, that's another misconception that um I I've experienced that people think that's what people think mistake mind muscle connection for. Oh we have to feel it in a muscle. Yeah, that, in in some extent it, it is that. But I feel like um the ability to move a load in a controlled manner.
2: The way you intend to.
1: The way you intend to. I think that's mind muscle connection
0: yeah the majority of that yeah what do you guys think uh i agree yeah uh the the thing that came to mind when he talked about the private the previous videos was foot pressure for me yeah i was looking at the ones that was i think you got me on like ffe front foot elevated foot squat dude my front foot was everywhere yeah i could not get my my like was it like my wrist med head whatever big yeah. toe inside or- foot pressure down part of that my foot is that uh yeah, dude, I was everywhere. And once I got that down, I felt like a lot of things happened.
1: Oh, and for that, uh, coming back to the split squat is um, piggyback from that, is the knees, yeah. the knees position when you go down, most people was like, hey, try not to let that knee falls out uh, outside of your pink, pinky toe. And then when they actually fixed that, like, oh, shit. Or opposite. Yeah. Was, I, and yeah,
2: go like it was this. Like,
1: was, they was like, oh, I can feel my glutes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people as they're coming into the top of that, they'll like roll onto the outside of their foot and it's like, so when, let's circle all the way back to what Long was saying in the beginning. It's like being able to get internal hip rotation and apply ground, like force into the ground is going to, versus like driving it through your structure and just leveraging structure. I would, I would uh, liken leveraging structure to like, we have this like tripod stand thing and um it kind of just like locks in on itself at a certain point like when you get it taller like the legs just kind of come under itself it didn't like, you pulled it there but like leverage that's leveraging that structure it's just like us pulling that onto the thing and then it does the rest of the work mm. it's just like it, this weight like kind of locking underneath itself that's what people are t- attempting to leverage and it takes less um muscular force to do that than to actually mm. like place it on the muscle to pull the, the whole joint through. Yes. So it's like, yeah, sure. Like both you end up extending your, like you end up straightening your leg, but it's the way that you went about doing that. You used muscle more and structure less. Yeah. And so like, that's why it's like so important to get, instead of being on the outside of your foot and your toes lifting, or your like your, your inside of your foot lifting off the ground when you're doing split squats or yeah. RDLs or what have you. Um, it's actually being able to keep your feet on the ground. And people think that that's like, that there's like this rooting thing where people are like, oh, you know, like push your you know big toe into the ground and then like screw your feet into the <laughs> ground and, and then stroke the ground with your toes. It's like, no, like <laughs> what you actually want to do is kind of just all the weight tends to be on the outside of people's feet is just let it go flat onto the floor and don't do any weird grabbing things with okay. your toes. Don't finger claw the floor, just flat under the ground. And you'll notice just from doing that, that you feel a lot more in the muscles that you want to train. Yeah. yeah. Also slow down with your split squats, people. Yeah. Tempo, like tempo. I, yeah. I think honestly, like tempo, I don't think, I think people aren't shocked. That's going slower does kind of suck. Yeah. Um, but they're like, even when you do tell them slow, they're like, I was going, I was going, I was going slow. And I was like, You might think you're going slow because it still kind of burns right now because yep. of how far you are into the set. Yeah. But a lot of people, as they get towards the end of the set, try to speed up because they're like, Oh, I just need to get to eight. And they're like, Maybe they're slow for four. And they're like, Five, six, <laughs> seven, eight. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, Get out of here. This hurts. <laughs> um, but that, that's where you want to see yourself, like, still keeping that tempo, still pushing through. And then it's like if you can't honestly, if you still can go fast at the end,
0: then maybe it was a little too easy. Yeah, and that's when I have an opportunity to record a client. I'm like, here, uh, let's let's do a bet. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, I record them, I show them. I'm like, all right, how many seconds was that? Oh, you're right. <laughs> they look at it and they're like, oh well, it's yeah. It's not how I thought I
2: looked. <laughs> <And then> they, <laughs> isn't that isn't that how it always is? Yeah. Like those uh, like those reels where this guy's like, I when I see somebody attractive at a bar and he's like all dreamy and stuff and he's like what i actually look like and he's like (laughs) just got like these big eyes looking over a
0: drink (laughs) yeah i I love when i when i look at a client and i'll just i'll just mess with them for a second it's like so serious yeah it's like oh shit sorry (laughs) like okay yeah 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 it's
2: um it's it, it i mean there there are a lot of things that clients are going through as they're going through the gym and like um honestly um what do you think um What do you think are some misconceptions you had about what you thought like the client's experience was when they were coming into the gym? Because I think a lot of trainers, they're like, it's a very normal experience for you to be in the gym. And for some of your clients, this is like their first time. And so I know for me that when I was first getting people in, I was like, oh, this is going to be a very normal exchange. Like we're just meeting each other for the first time. And the misconception I had was that it would be just normal for both of us when for that person it was very stressful they're like i'm in, i'm introducing this new person in my life yeah. are they going to judge me are they going to think that i'm like weak and they think like I, there's a lot of people who will say things that um i was like i i wasn't thinking any of those things and i'm shocked to hear you say that that's what you thought that i thought mm-hmm. like oh you're going to think i'm so weak and you're going to think that you can't train me And, and they've had negative experiences with other coaches, um, and like somebody who was like, they weren't tough enough or they weren't this, that, or the third. And like, it's heartbreaking to hear that. Um, but I understand. And so now when I'm approaching my sessions, it's like, I do realize that this is how somebody can feel. And so when we do make somebody put them into a split spot and it feels unstable for them, I do like to communicate like how normal this experience is and how common this is and how, and, and how, this is exactly how they should be starting and um we do like and that we can like some people will do something and maybe like passively they were a little bit tight they're like well am i gonna be like this forever and it's like no like this is very normal we can fix this like and it's just knowing that they're not broken and there's a lot of that like emotional like barriers to like getting started um and where for us it's like yeah we're here to like just fix everything and we know
0: that that's possible but um have you guys experienced anything like that yeah so just a few weeks ago um client in a friend friend signed up and then after i think like the second week um they had come up to me the 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 first member not the friend that signed up and they're like you know they they so-and-so feels you know little um not very confident they they feel like oh man you know i bet you know, I don't, I don't want Tristan to waste his time. Like, you know, I'm not that very strong or very skilled. And I'm like, no, that's that's clearly like you're human. Like, so am I. Like, this is this is normal. Yeah. And so it's just great because you have, you have to start somewhere. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. Sometimes like sometimes they forget
1: that that's why we here. Yeah.
2: Right. Like also the f- also the fact that we went through this too. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, sure. I would. I dude. I fuck. I dude. I, I always. I always keep that that have, beginning story okay, in the head. So for me. Um, I didn't even think that I could be a trainer because I was so skinny. And so before I even decided that I was going to go about training, I was like, I spent, yeah. I spent the summer. I was like, I <laughs> got LL Cool J's platinum workouts and I got all my little meals and stuff. And I was like, okay, we're getting big. I got all my mass shakes. And so I'm just training. I'm just like skinny guy wearing spandex, just trying to like get bigger. And like, I'm there when only the old people work out, like at like nine or 10 AM. And this is like in the summer. And, uh, and I'm doing like some five by fives. I'm on my fifth set of five. And it was like no weight on the bar. And it gets stuck. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm stuck under the bar. I look up and I, I see this trainer. I was like, hey, uh, can you help? And he comes over with his big Baywatch chest. And he's just. <laughs> 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 his chest is just bouncing on his way over to me in slow-mo. And he picks up the bar with one hand. He's like, I got you, little guy. And I just, like, get up and take the weights off at, like, fucking couple of 10s that were on. <laughs> I was just like, dude, that was so embarrassing. And, like, I so I, I get why, like, somebody's like, oh, and that guy probably thought I was so weak or whatever, but it's like, I don't know what that guy thought. He probably just saw a guy stuck under a bar and wanted to help him out. But I was just like, man. Like, and then I could have let that experience be defining for me and be like, I'm never lifting again. But, like, um, I was just like, you know, the only way for me to get better is just to keep going and keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and um, there don't get don't get us wrong. Like there are coaches out there like that. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, that's sadly, unfortunately, that's there's that's just true. people out there's there people like that. There right? like that like
2: I don't that. think it's reserved for coaches.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, the the we all we we we, we always um we all have um humble beginnings. Yeah, I, I started people. I started with fucking like P ninety X. Oh, did you P90X? Okay, P90X, a pair of adjustable dumbbells in uh-huh. my apartment.
0: Um, How'd that go?
1: Yo, I found I found a uh, pull-up bar. Someone someone threw it away in the dumpster. I'm like, this is new. I'm Asian, right. so <laughs> this 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 is new. I can still use this. So it started P90X. Yo, it got me here. Yeah, yeah. I started with P90X
2: because uh, I, I I I had just moved to the state. did you feel good about like the movements that you were doing in p90x yeah you felt pretty like you had enough of a base yes to, and a foundation for movement that yes. you were able to do those comfortably yeah okay yeah yeah,
1: yeah. but still didn't know what, what i was doing yeah and then the first time here's when um
2: muscle confusion
1: <laughs> oh bro science man sure. Shout out, bro! Science, <laughs> but um, yeah. The first time I I went to a real gym was when I was at Seattle Central College. I went to the gym, and I was like, "Man, I'm the shit." I did all that p 90 X at home. I feel strong. Incline bench, put forty five pla- one plate on. First time ever. Uh
2: huh. Yo, I'm like, you get stuck. Like, help. <laughs> The first rep.
1: Yeah, first rep. Like, goddamn, it this is embarrassing. Yeah. And then that's my friend. Luckily, my friend was there, and he was like, "Dude, you okay?" Like, get this Dude. thing off, me. <laughs> I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, okay. man. How did you start, Tris? Oh, um,
0: I know how you started here, but I had an ambulance called on me at the YMCA. No, no. no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, it was probably a year Should before I became a coach. Yeah. <laughs> so so I went, I swear I ate food. And I went to the local YMCA when I was uh, going to Tacoma Community College. And I hit, I don't know what, probably hit chest, something Something broy. And I remember walking to the locker room, not feeling great, walking back. Maybe walking back to ask for help. I'm like, I don't feel great. This is something's up. I'm just going to sit down somewhere private and like alone by myself till I mm-hmm. feel better and just smack mm. just all I remember is waking up with the oxygen mask on me like in still in like the lobby of the YMCA over in Tacoma on Pearl Street and uh they're like are you okay I'm like I wanna go home <laughs> how old was this how old was this? Uh, I was I was 18 god damn 27 now so yeah. I was I think yeah so I think I a year or so after that became a coach maybe maybe two years after that did you guys come up during like the jack 3d era of lifting
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. did yeah. you ever take jack 3d no. okay you No. okay so um jack 3d uh for those that don't know has a banned substance in it now known as <laughs> 3-dimethylene okay yeah. um that stuff was insane so um similar story except um so i i, I take the jack and I'm like working out, and at the at the time I was like still living with my parents. I was still supposed to go with them to church in the evenings, and I'd taken this stuff, and I'm like trained hard, and like I get to probably that like pass out point. Except I'm in the locker room, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I'm in the locker room, and it, right. So I'm I'm like this, and there's just all of a sudden I think I just go out, right, and then I like I like I'm up, and I'm I feel like I just woke up in the middle of like a gangbang. There's just a bunch of. Ga- naked men allowed me. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> yo.
1: Yo. I have a story just like
2: that. Uh, at B&W. How oh. <laughs> yeah, did this story get PW b might have
1: been a B&W is way different, man. Yo, I remember that day. I remember the day. I fucked around and did uh, Dead Mill. You know where where the you don't turn on the treadmill, but you like you trying to
2: oh push. yeah yeah like a drive run yeah Woo. yeah
1: green face sitting in the corner of the locker room, and I got hit on by this dude man.
2: While you're just sitting there, oh I said right, that then I'm like dude,
1: <laughs> I don't think this is the best time. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: not now, the best time now now Honorable. now is it a good time please? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah fun times. Oh man.
1: So, but yeah, dude, we just everyone's gonna start somewhere. You passed
2: out. Well, okay, there was an old like, like I I knew. Man. I mean, yeah. The yeah, woke up this gangbang scene, like <laughs> but you, the the only saving grace there's it's like naked old men, you know. <laughs> huh. like, Are you okay, study yeah. boy? Yeah. I was like, dude, get your fucking nuts out of my
1: yeah. face. gym locker room is wild, man.
2: Why is your butt right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, so did they didn't figure out what happened to you?
2: Oh, I think my blood sugar dropped. Oh, yeah. yeah. The amount of stuff I did when I was like young and like oh, yeah. silly with like supplements and stuff. So it was like I remember one time trying to like I'd I'd went to I'd went to school I I knew like calories in calories out and like I somehow fucking LA Fitness broke me into like no longer believing that that was a thing, <laughs> right? The fucking between the staff there and like the clients they had trained and I'm like, Every- all these guys are lean. They must know what they're talking about. So well, I like somehow didn't believe it. But then I worked to disprove it like too. So like I did end up disproving it, but still somehow believed it. And I was like, I just didn't understand why I wasn't getting as lean as everybody else. And so I'm like fucking doing all the shit. So I'm like, on. I was like, took a fat burner pre-workout. I took fucking fat burner pills. And then I go oh, yeah. do fasted cardio. And so on my way home, I'm like, I'm driving home and I'm seeing big <laughs> fucking black Spots. <laughs> it is like fucking oh there could be a car there okay. i don't know so i just like checked myself into urgent care and uh they did an ekg on me i was fine once i got like some food in me but yeah that was like i just probably just took myself a little a little too too far there that's crazy i don't know but i mean um and and like that's likely not a normal scenario for our clients who are smart enough to <laughs> hire help Right, like, here's the thing is, like, you're smart enough to hire help. Yeah, I was dumb and experimenting on myself, yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah. I have some anecdote to be like, yeah, it's probably safe to say you shouldn't do that, but, um, and, like, you guys, too, like. Basically, we're saying,
1: we, 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 we've we done stuff, so you don't have to. Right. <laughs> That's
2: what your parents say. <laughs> right. Shout out to Hove.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, are we, are we cap or always if you got something else you wanted to say. Oh, you know, I think like we've all been either a with enough coaches or around the environment long enough to where we understand that there are red flags for any coach. Yeah. What are some things that you guys have seen? And just, just for, for red my, flags in coaching. Yeah. Just for, if you're, if you're a client, you're brand new. Like mm. what we just see, we see were for somebody in assessment, they just came in. Sure. But from their point of view. Yeah. If they were see, coming
2: in and they're like, I should get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right. It'll- if jumping jacks are in the assessment, <laughs>
0: <laughs> if if all that this could be a very squats. This could, squats. Be, this could be a very very long list. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I was always like, I don't know. Should I ask
2: this <laughs> question? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, maybe. There's should, more should, things. That, I mean, there's there's more things that would point to like good. Like I was, There's less things that would point to a good coach, and more things that would point to like you are in the wrong place. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, um, if they're, okay, if in the first initial meetings they tell you you should be cutting carbs, that would probably be, like, a huge red flag. They know, they know next to nothing about nutrition. Yeah,
0: anything dogmatic.
2: Yeah. If, yeah, if, if the way that they're saying that you have to do something is the only way to do something. Yes. It's likely. Time to run. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have, we have principles surrounding how we make decisions, but we don't train our clients exactly the same. Yeah. We're, we're trying to express a very similar intent, um, on a client, but the way we might go about doing that is going to be mixed with client preference and just things that we've ourselves been exposed to. So like movements that you might use, like maybe some, like we're around each other. So we share different exercises and stuff. Um, but like you might really love the feeling of a certain exercise. And so you like, share that with your client. Uh, and then maybe they like it, but maybe they hate that exercise. So like, I mean, even today, like I really love that Swiss ball crunch. And Kay was like, is there anything else we can do? And I was like, yeah, certainly there's other things we can do. So like, I put her on the decline, like I put her on the decline, sit up with a weighted ball and she's like, I'm going to feel these tomorrow. It's like, yeah. So I like, I'm indifferent to the tool or implement. And if somebody's like, no, you have to do this. That's another one, right? Like dog, like that's dogma. it's like, yeah, you have to do the barbell back squat when you first get in the gym, it's like, well, no, that's probably a sign
0: you should run. If you don't have an arsenal of uh, exercises, and you don't have enough of them to give your client a regression or a different version of the same intent. Then, like, you need to start building that up. Yeah, That's for sure. Yeah. For Methods sure. are what's that phrase? Methods are a million one, but principles should remain remain the same. Yeah, you know, yeah. so and so. Yeah, I think yeah. philosophy.
1: One of the things that I think we already talked about this, but it's just to me is like, uh, getting people to getting clients a goal that they, they, they come for is like very important. Yeah. And that gives me purpose as well. I, I, I think that gives all of us purpose. And I, I think I said this earlier that it's just um that coaches out there they just set clients up for failure. Yeah. By uh,
2: They're trying to stroke their own egos.
1: Yes, yes. Not assessment not not assessing their clients and uh prescribe movement that way... Out, uh, out of the plant's comfort zone, or yeah. or or have the adequate skill to perform. Yeah. Um. I, so, yeah. And I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I think give them. I I should give them the benefit of the doubt. Like they don't have.
2: Um, malicious intent.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's just um they don't have the, the information it, yeah. or the, the knowledge to do so.
2: All right. So number one. Um number one red flag is dogmatic in their approach. <laughs> Two is the fact that they're not continuously educating. So yes. you can use that excuse for a little bit. Yeah. But I'd say, ultimately, like, yes, yes. if you don't know shit, it's yes. uh, because you haven't it's spent time you- trying to know shit. It is your responsibility. Yes. If you're taking other people's lives into your hands and you're supposed to deliver with care, like, get them to the result yeah. with care, it is your responsibility to continuously educate yourself and not on Instagram.
1: Yes, like yeah that's the the thing that nowadays the, the booming of uh, tiktok influencer the the fitfluencer on yeah.
2: tiktok i mean like oh. i mean like a lot of people learn things from like smart dudes on youtube yeah you still don't you still don't know enough like that's not that's not that's not legitimate education like you actually need to go and learn and i think like taking actual courses and not just like watching jeff Nippard videos <laughs> yeah. being subscribed to mass yeah and like looking at a few pmids like that and then being able to like being evidence-based isn't just looking at studies and then just taking the the uh what is it the conclusion or the the finding of the study at the end yeah Yeah, the abstract and then being like oh okay well that's what works it's like you also have to be able to combine like it there needs to be actual evidence yeah like you need to be able to actually apply some of those things because some of those things like there might be a lot of like, how was the study conducted? Is this something that we can, does it have repeatability? Is this something that we can actually use with our clients? Because some stuff we might find and it's interesting and it's fascinating, but it can't, our clients won't be able to use that or benefit yeah. from that. So like, I think having a, like really having a coach's mindset is being, is not being so tied up in what is it that my client is achieving so much as it is um is this experience good for them are we like limiting the amount of harm for them and getting them where they want to go in a way that they're going to be able to understand and continue to do on their own i like i think a, i think in a perfect world it's like sure like people love coaching with us cuz we, we'll like make jokes and we we have this structured program for them so they don't have to think about it and just keep things going but we also like want to educate them so that they do understand so that they if they were in a situation where oh like I had to move but I still know kind of how to work out and maybe it's like we do have other options too right like we're like online coaching so we'll be with you everywhere but um there's also the fact that it's like if you if you so chose to be on your own that you have enough skill that you're able to do that by yourself and that you can discern from good and bad information and um what applies to you and in what context because like you're not just going to go oh, like, this is great, and now I need to change my life because of it, because you find out capsaicin might have you burn 20 extra calories a meal. You don't just fucking load up on capsaicin because, see, what if you burn a hole in your stomach? I don't know. (laughs) Like, because you also want to enjoy things that aren't spicy. Like, there's there's other things to just taking, oh, like, this will get me to my end goal. And it's also about, like, how can we build a process that you actually enjoy?
1: Yeah, so, so, Coming off of that, what do you think? I don't know if you've talked about this in your previous podcast before, but what you don't do you, don't listen to the podcast. God, <laughs> I just put myself th- <laughs> in the spot. Yeah. Um, hey, I listen to some. Yeah. Uh, oh no,
2: but there's only fourteen. I can re- sorry, there's eighteen.
1: I can't remember all of them. But here's um, what would you, if you like, a per- person who's looking for. A a, a, a a coach a trainer um what would you tell the list the the, the, the listener to look for yeah
2: yeah I think that green flag like okay like you, like a lot of the times you're coaching with somebody it's gonna be for like two to three times a week that's you know two to three hours a week that's more than some people see some of their loved ones mm-hmm. can you imagine spending 12 hours a month with this person <laughs> yeah that would be number one yeah it's like if if you're going in it's just like well, I just go in, I work with them, and it's not, you know, it's, I just do it. It's, I did the work. It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's you know, fine. he tells me what to do, it's fine. If you don't feel like you're actually going to enjoy <laughs> your time spent there, yeah. uh, that would probably be, that would, for me, I would like to go. Like, if I went to go work with my boxing coach, and I was like, man, this guy's kind of an asshole. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> boxing, so, I mean, I might as well. You know. No, that's like, for me, that would be out. Like, I'm not spending the money. Yeah. Because like I, I don't know I feel like that's also kind of your job is, yeah. be good with people
1: and so also there's a reason why I feel um I haven't done this long enough but um I've done it long enough to realize that there are clients because there are clients who have been with me a long time and they have enough knowledge to go out and do stuff on their own yeah but they decide to stay yeah and sometimes and sometimes uh, I, I do feel lost in this kind of feel and uh, kind of lose. Uh, my 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 purpose a little bit, but then I, I start start tell myself that that's a reason they stay, because um, and then I talk to them and it's like, I don't just stay because of the training. I stay because of your the friendship, the relationship. Uh, you help uh, you hold me accountable.
2: Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah. So yeah, somebody that actually cares. I yes. Yes. I, yes. Like yes. so, like hey, like. I would want somebody who it feels like they're actually invested in your goals, but they don't want to take over. Like they're not going to hijack that process. Yeah. It's like, we're going to get you deadlift at 315, baby. You know, hit like there. And you're like, uh, <laughs> I don't even really know if I want to deadlift. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Let's oh, be honest. All my clients stay only because I show pictures of uh, my puppy. <laughs> it
2: counts. Yeah. Yeah. Counts. Uh, that would be something that you should look for. Does your uh, trainer show you puppy pictures? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think like, so So I think, yeah, I think that I'd want to see somebody who actually had a process or a way of, um, you know, a strategy for how they're going to progress you. Mm-hmm. Somebody who cares and somebody that you actually feel like you want to spend time with. And I know the first interaction sometimes can be a little bit tense, right? And, and, and that comes, you know, it could come from both sides. Um, a lot of the times, like when you're going in with reservations as a client, like if you're coming in with reservations, you might be more likely to make the assessment that like, maybe that that interaction was awkward um, because you were like trying to like scan so much for you're a little tense you're like you're trying to read into everything and it's or, where it's like if you kind of just let like let yourself go a little bit relax a little bit like at least here I I get keeping your guard up everywhere but I would say like we're pretty cool dudes um <laughs> we're pretty cool dudes yeah but um we do say so ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> If you're still listening at this point, you probably think so too. (laughs) This is a long podcast to just be like, fuck these guys Right at the end. (laughs) Two minutes in. Right. Yeah. They're already, that person's already gone. So, (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. I do appreciate you guys, you know, taking the time to be on the podcast and become regular voices on this podcast.
1: Yeah. We'd love to do this more often. Thank you for having
2: me. Yeah. Uh, If you liked it, like it, share it, all that stuff um what else what else are we supposed to say right now max marker again
1: what can they do for the algorithm (laughs) (laughs) what can we do for the algorithm what can they do for the algorithm
2: (laughs) max get max is getting all hippie on (laughs) us
1: stay positive
2: (laughs) stay positive stay dope (laughs) call your mom (laughs) all right all right guys thanks for listening we'll catch you on the next one peace